Hello everybody, welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. I'm out and about, this time, here at the incredible Auto Concierge with what would be possibly, he's described himself as a multifaceted individual, founder, head janitor, uh, doer of all things, Mr. Scott Elrod. Thank, thank you so much for making the time and a very, very busy jam-packed schedule we've got today for you by the look of it. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I mean, I'm sat around bags that are packed here for a trip that you're about to head off on, but before that, you've got to go to your other facility. I mean, you're a very, very busy man, it seems. No, it's good. It's good. Rather be busy than uh, sitting here doing nothing, mopping the floors. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. So anyway, Scott, so why don't you tell me a little bit about onto Auto Concierge then before we do a little deep dive into you? I thought we were going to interview you. Is this, this about this? About this? Yeah, uh, this is about uh, this place. Uh, okay. I mean, no one okay. wants to hear about me. I <laughs> no mean, one I'm, wants I'm, to it's hear like about a back, me. It's like a back of a postage stamp affair there. Oh, uh, all right. I, where do we start? Where do we start? Wherever. You could start right at the beginning. You can start at the end of where we are right now, and then we can like go like that, or we could do like a Quentin Tarantino, like step back, like, ask in different sections and try and intertwine it together, whichever way works for you. Um, I, I guess we can just kind of start where it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, always been a car guy. Um, first car was a, a 76 Honda Civic that uh, dad sold me for a thousand bucks and I had to rebuild the motor before I, uh, I could drive it. That was, so you're saying you got a really good deal from your father there. <laughs> yeah, he hooked me up. Yeah, he Bronco special... Orange. It was awesome. <laughs> the ladies loved it. Of course, of course, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was at 15 and it Took me the whole year and summer to uh, to get that motor running, but after that, it was ready to go, and and that was my car for probably two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, always been always been fascinated with cars. Dad, both dads actually fighter pilots and military, and so we've always had like you know that sort of like either ski boats or something. Like it's always been something. You've always had like a need for speed. Yeah. So cars and. Um, and then uh, I kind of got into uh, I got into the whole acting world, and this was 2008, and a series that I was on got canceled, mm-hmm. and I was like, I thought I made it, third series ABC, and um, a friend of mine knew somebody that had three vehicles that were in a uh, a very beautiful home up in the hills next to Leno, and. Uh, they were just sitting in the garage, and they had been sitting since like the '90s. Okay. And so this is 2007. So you're saying these cars are obviously tip-top mechanical condition, ready to turn over. They'd be pristine to look at, super clean, just gems, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 1947 uh, Woody wagon and a 47 Sportsman and a 1931 American Austin, which and- are obviously cars that need absolutely no upkeep whatsoever. The finest of modern technology ready to go yeah yeah so long story short the uh the wife of the uh well they both own them but the wife basically said if you don't get those cars running get rid of them because they had been parking their everyday drivers in the driveway Mm -hmm. and their everyday drivers were like you know newer lexuses or whatever and so i got introduced to them and i uh i took one car out and spent the next like year and a half restoring it and then when i finished that i did the other one and then i finished that and i started on the austin and at the time during this whole process i was like there has to be other people like bernard that have more cars than car space and so that's where i kind of came up with the idea of you know this 
this facility that has plenty of space to uh, to kind of manage and maintain these vehicles for their owners that don't have the space at their house or mm -hmm. maybe their wives don't want to see them or don't know about them or don't care about them or whatever. So, um, or it can also be the flip side, whereas the wife might not want the husband to know how many cars they've got stashed away, that kind of thing. Exactly. There's always that chance too. Oh, no comment. <laughs> um, so long story short, uh, I, I, I shared the idea with a, a family friend of mine in Houston and, um, around, uh, 2011, it got real serious and I had been looking for real estate and trying to find a location to do this because it was all about location. I mean, sure get a 50,000 square foot building in the middle of Compton, but you know, to talk to Mr. So-and-so about parking his law Ferrari down there, he's not going to be too excited or inclined to hand over his keys. Yeah. Regardless of the security and the infrastructure that we put in place, it's just not doable. Not to mention LA traffic doesn't make sense to run cars back and forth. So, um, we probably spent like, you know, good, two years looking for real estate. This was 2009, 2011. It got serious. We found this building and, um, we literally within a month took it down and demoed it. And we spent until October 4th, uh, which is when we got our certificate of occupancy, mm -hmm. uh, transforming it into what it is now. And, uh, this was just a proof of concept. Um, I'm kind of jumping forward, but at that point, it was more of a, it was more of speculation. Like, let's just build it and they will come. Uh, we started out with zero cars, <laughs> which is a good starting point. Yeah. You kind of guess that, yeah. right? There's nowhere it's, to go down. Exactly. You, you, you've, you've reached the bottom, so it can only go up from here, right? <laughs> uh, the funny thing was, is halfway into like this build out. Actually, I don't even think it was halfway in. Uh, it was probably two months I had burned through my entire budget. Uh -huh. And, because um, obviously it's Los Angeles and renovations on anything here is obviously uh, cheap as chips, basically, and no hassle whatsoever. There's no wait time on anything. No. And dealing with the city, God bless them, but it's such a revenue generating thing for the state of California. What do you mean? There's paperwork involved? Yeah, lots of it. And, uh, you know, so it was this whole situation about how we're going to permit the building and what are we, you know, they literally looked at us and they're like, you want to park cars in a building with fuel in them and connect them to a battery tender. And we're like, yeah, basically what a dealership does. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did is we've got that whole dealership type use. And, um, at that point it was more about like the finish level. And, you know, I'm, I, I was planning on always my intention was to go after, um, you know, collection of vehicles that are just as nice as my, you know, 76 Honda Civic. Right. You of know, course. But, yeah. But with a lot Ferrari badge rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, after the restoration, but so going, you could imagine walking into somebody and not having a history of this or anything like that. Uh, an idea of saying, Hey, Mr. Customer, would you entrust me with your, you know, fleet of vehicles that range anywhere from one to $15 million and yet park them in my building? Yeah. I've done it with a Honda Civic, by the way. So it's... <laughs> If, look, it's, with the Honda Civic's fine, your collection's going to be in good hands, right? We got you covered. Yeah. Honda and I are like this. Yeah. But um, so it, it had to exude this, 
like it couldn't be a parking garage. Mm-hmm. It couldn't just be a warehouse that was, you know, sure it had a roof on it. It was out of the sun. And so with that, I wanted the fit and finish to be at a level to where people could walk in here and say, wow, I actually want my cars to be here because it's nicer than my garage mm-hmm. or it's nicer than the hangar that I've had at Santa Monica or, you know, wherever it was. Um, so we spent a lot of money on the build out. And like I said, a couple months into it, we pretty much hit budget. And, and then I had to go back to somebody and they borrow and steal and, you know, all my friends and everybody came in. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we, we got it done, but, um, it was uh, it was very comforting once we finished it, and you know we've got some some clients that are they have high expectations, and you know people that come across things that they see the amazing stuff all the time. And so I remember this one particular client that came in. Um, literally, it was a phone call, and he's like, "Yeah, I need to drop off my La Ferrari." I've got a couple other cars, you know, like an F12 at the time and, you know, an old school, you know, 3 356 and I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I mean, I knew who he was, but so he comes in and he walks in and he's like and he just stops and stares. And at this point the facility was half of the size it was cuz we had a tenant next door mm-hmm. and they have since left and we knocked down that wall and expanded the 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 showroom by another 5,000 square feet but he walked in and and he just kind of stopped and I was like all right at that point I was I I kind of like the nerves went down and I was relaxed I've got something here yeah and I'm like okay if this impresses this guy then we're good and you're like imagine if I had my Honda Civic front and center now how (laughs) much more impressed he'd be the uh the two the two woody wagons the woody wagon and the sportsman and the and the 31 austin were sitting in here at that time but i think there was maybe two other cars yeah um but at that point the nerves kind of settled and i'm like all right i think this is going to work and um and so anyway we just kind of used this as a proof of concept and um and since then, we've we've expanded to a, a couple other locations, and uh, we've come up with a model that we think works. Um, and now we're just kind of going under the radar, and and really like it's all been about word of mouth and mm-hmm. referrals, and you know working with the different. I don't want to say influencers because we're not we're not on the Instagram, if that makes sense. But yeah. like people who manage these people's assets. Um, whether it be, you know, estate managers, um, you know, financial people, uh, even, you know, with being in LA, the entertainment world, we've got, you know, obviously there's that whole agent manager attorney kind of relationship. And those people are making a lot of the decisions for the owners of Mm -hmm. these vehicles. And so, um, it's, it's been a lot of word of mouth. I mean, we, we don't have a sign on the building. We're not really big into advertising. It's, it's sort of like, you got to kind of be you know, introduced to us. And I always, I always like to know who, who our potential clients are and how they found us. I mean, that's one of the, you know, first things I ask the people because like, you gotta be a car guy. Mm -hmm. If you're not a car guy and you don't appreciate like the car, then I like, I'll introduce you to somebody else that'll park your car in like P4 of a parking structure and it'll be out of the sun 
Um, there might be a rat or two that are going to work their way, but, but that's your guy. But like, it's all like, I gotta, I gotta like you. Like yeah. we've had to fire a couple of clients mm -hmm. and you know, it's just like, cause at the end of the day, like I kind of feel that we're providing a really great service and if you don't appreciate it and don't get me wrong, like I appreciate what you're paying us to do it, but at the same time, like life's too short. And if you're not stoked about the service that we're giving you, then let's just kind of part ways. But and, yeah. and sure. And so from what I understand, obviously it isn't just a parking structure. I mean, I know you do a little bit more than that. So do you want to go into a little bit of detail about what you guys do or what you can do or have done, shall we say? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really about asset management. Um, you know, anybody can store a car, uh, you know, I, I kind of use the analogy of, are you going to take your goal wing to the garage to get it, you know, serviced? So garage to me is kind of like a layman's term of storage, mm -hmm. you know, whereas you're probably not going to take it to the garage. You're going to take it to the specialist. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to take it to the guy who has been, you know, inside, outside, upside down with that car and knows it backwards and forwards. So, so I don't like the term storage because that's really a small piece. I, I know on the outside, it looks like, Hey, this is a big part of our business, but it, it's really just the beginning. Uh, what we really do is we manage these assets and make sure that they are in the working condition in order that the manufacturer and the owner expects them to be or intended for them to be. Uh, we've got some clients that we haven't seen for six years. Mm -hmm. And it, it, if we just park their car in storage, they would be dead. And that goes for the new and the old. So uh, on top of just, you know, I won't, I won't say just, but on top of providing a, a safe, secured, climate-controlled environment for the vehicles to actually hang out in or live in, we also have a software that helps us manage these vehicles so that we know when the last time they were started do we need to do a start? When was the last time they were exercised? And we do this to avoid flat spotting of the tires. You know, a car sits, the seals dry up. Certain components of the vehicles aren't functioning the way that they're intended to. So through a vehicle exercise, we will run it through a heat cycle. Uh, it's about a four to six mile loop. It uh, gets all the components and all the suspension, all the bits and pieces moving. And we'll also run through a checklist and check certain things like the air conditioning. If it's a convertible, we'll bring the top and cycle that through and just get everything kind of moving and lubricated and, and just wake the car up. That happens every 30 to 45 days. Um, so on top of the vehicle exercise, there's the battery maintaining. Um, you know, obviously we've got a detail staff on site and we'll also manage, you know, there's certain things like the registration and smog and for certain, you know, for the newer vehicles, it's every two years and we stay on top of the insurance and we have certain reminders that set up because the last thing we want is for one of our clients to be out in their vehicle and get pulled over because their tags are expired or, you know, something of that nature. So we're really about being proactive because these guys are super busy and, and gals are busy doing what they're really good at. They don't have time to manage these assets. And, you know, it's no different than like 
say what a, a money manager would do for you know your stocks and your asset and your portfolio and, and whatnot. So we're focused on the, the vehicular side of that. So just as you would have an estate manager looking after your you know couple hundred thousand dollar you know uh, vacation home or you know twenty million dollar home up in in the hills, uh, you don't have time to call the the gardener or the plumber or to make sure that the pool's clean. I mean you know mow the yard that sort of thing so and then so do you, i'm assuming then that you might occasionally get a telephone call and say look i'm going to be in los angeles can i have my car ready i'm assuming that might happen occasionally yeah we get a lot of that so um we have members that live here mm -hmm. in local and then we have uh clients that live out out of state out of country and we'll do everything from you know we get a phone call hey guys we're going to be landing at uh at LAX and they could be coming in via commercial. We also have clients that come in private via uh, an FBO and they'll request to have the vehicles at the FBO or even at LAX as they arrive. So we'll literally just hover right outside of LAX. If they're coming in commercial, they call us when they're walking out, we pull up, pop the you know hatch, hand them the keys, they get in the car and they drive off. Um, for the FBO, it's not quite a time-sensitive thing because there's parking there. Mm -hmm. So we'll drop the vehicles off. They'll be fueled, tire pressure set, and uh, detailed, ready to go. Um, and we even do drops at, you know, a lot of our clients will already have a car service, and maybe they'll have too much luggage and it doesn't fit in the car that they want us to drop. So we'll do it yeah. at the hotel. Because who would have thought, like, a two-door sports car has enough room for suitcase and everything else, right? So, yeah, so we'll drop off, you know, whether it be – at the hotel, at the house that they, they own, uh, a house that they're renting. It doesn't matter to us. And we can do that. We can physically drive it, which most of our clients ask to us to, to, to do, or we could even put it in uh, an enclosed trailer and, and take care of it that way. But most of our guys are like, drive the car. It needs to be driven. Yeah, and then do you ever get any unusual requests then from any of your clients? <laughs> that you can talk about let's say that yeah Don't, I mean, no need to drop those names i mean just the other day we were dealing with uh, i got looped into dealing with the garage door guy mm -hmm. and you know one of our clients purchased a couple teslas and they needed a charger a charging station at the garage at their home so you know i've got a couple of electricians that and so we sent over the electrician i mean you know look at the end of the day it's like whatever the client wants like we take care of it yeah you know, I've got keys to their homes. I've been on their jets. Like some of these are actually, you know, these clients are friends of mine that we, you know, hang out. They come to my kids' birthday parties or we go to their kids' birthday parties. And so it's a, it's a great kind of community. I mean, we all have a common bond, which is these cars, which we're just trying to, you know, enjoy. Yeah. And as I look at your set of windows here, I mean, it's not a bad sight to be looking out there, right? Either. I mean, you've got quite a collection, a motley crew of cars out there. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there's some really fun stuff. I, I, I think the most interesting question is, what's your favorite car? And you really, you, you know, you can't answer that. No, I mean, because they all. It, yeah, if you look out here, I mean, it'd probably. Ch I mean, I'm assuming the cars obviously change often as well. Yeah, that you see in there. I mean, it, it, it does. So this is what I would consider our high frequency mm -hmm. uh, location, and then our other locations are low frequencies that kind of support this. So. Um, the high frequency stuff stays here and these are for our clients that uh, require the cars on, on probably at least 
you know, at least three times a month. Okay. So we'll rotate and, you know, we've got one client where, you know, he's got literally, I think he's got a 10 car garage mm -hmm. and he's got 24 cars. And so once a week we swap out three cars with him. So he's just get a constant rotation of cars. Okay. And that's just on a schedule. It happens every Tuesday and we just go up and we just swap them out and they come back here. So yeah. And then at any given point, I would say we probably have anywhere from 15 to 25 cars out and they could be out for, uh, annual service, um, preventative maintenance at the dealership sort of thing. Uh, they could be out for, uh, performance or cosmetic enhancements. Um, they could be out because the client is in town or maybe a, a friend of the client is using the car or it's on a photo shoot. You know, we've got a car that just went out and it's going to uh, a famous TV show right now because one of our clients was like, cool, let's do it. Um, we work a, a lot with, uh, with a company that handles, uh, all the picture cars for Porsche. Okay. And so there's a revolving door of those cars that are either showing up on, you know, TV shows or movies or something like that. So we handle all the logistics on that and make sure that the cars are where they need to be and they're, they're ready to go when they arrive. And that's also part of the, that asset management. It's not just, you know, battery tending and providing a shaded place for them to sit. Um, we've got a couple of cars that are in route over to Europe right now. I've got, um, a couple of cars that we're importing, uh, from China right now. Um, we just had a, a, a P one over at smog. We just acquired that for a client. Um, We've got a couple of cars that are going up to uh, the auctions that are going to take place in Pebble mm -hmm. next month. So we're going to arrange for logistics and, and getting those cars into the different auctions. Um, so it's full gamut. You know, like I said, we'll, we'll help you find. We've got a client that was like, hey, we really want this car. And it was uh, one of 25 examples. And so we went out and we found it and handled the whole process of, you know, pre-purchase inspection, running it through the ringer, making sure it's everything that it is, importing it into the U.S., um, running it through the whole homologation process, and then delivering it to the client's house. Yeah, and I'm assuming then maybe on the flip side, would that be that if you had any cars that ever, the client wants to get rid of, you could also probably facilitate that as well? Yeah, and, and we, we use, you know, we'll use the auctions for that. Um, a lot of times, uh, um, you know, the auctions aren't in the time in which maybe, and, and a lot of times these cars will just move hands within our little community here. So while it is owned by client a, he then hands it over to client B and the car still stays here. Yeah. So, I, I'd imagine maybe sometimes a possibly a client might come and be like, Ooh, I quite like that one. Do you want to ask if they want to sell it? Yeah. So those guys are always kind of walking through and they're like, all right, well, we'll keep me posted. And so we've kind of created this little community and it, it's cool because like you get these, you get these unicorns mm -hmm. and you, you just don't want to lose sight of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, really forget about the fact that, oh, he sold it and it's out of my, you know, it's out of my, my corral, but that's a byproduct. Like to go out here and look at some of these vehicles, you know, I mean, we're, we're looking at a Vulcan right there, mm -hmm. you know, like, like 
they only made 24 of them. Yeah, that's not too um, many, right? Yeah, so um, <laughs> you know we've got uh, we've got a couple of the, um, the the 001s coming in. A couple of uh, our clients we've secured 003 allocations. Um, I've got a, a friend and a client who actually has the 001, the 002, and the 003 coming. So he's, I think, one of maybe two in the in the North America that has been able to acquire all three of those, and we were a huge part of that situation. So um, it it really ranges. I mean, like I said, I don't know. No, it's yes, and then if I don't know how to make it a yes we figure it out figure it out yeah and and it's it's through you know either direct or indirect but it's about you know cultivating these relationships and and you know being just a car guy i think we just kind of all hang out like it's it's more about like we all want to just do cool fun stuff and if we could help each other then that's kind of the community that that we've sort of formed here and uh, it, it seems to be working, so. Yeah, so with that being said, obviously, I know you mentioned that you'd like to talk to people first, so maybe if they want to be a part of this, but if people wanted to find out at least some information on you, where's the best place to try and do that? Yeah, I would say the website. Mm-hmm. So it's just autoconcierge.net, and uh, you can jump on there. It's it's pretty, you know, straightforward. Um, not a lot of glitz and glamour, um, but we're, uh, yeah, we're on the web, and, and then... Um, I mean, that's a good, good indication. And just give me a buzz or you can reach out, click a little link and it'll send us an email and we'll get you some information. So yeah, that's probably the best, best route. Well, Scott, I've got to say thank you again so much for your time. Cause obviously you've got to like, I mean, I don't know how many things you've got more on your to-do list today. It looks extensive, but it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much again for hosting us here. Yeah, thanks for coming by. And obviously, I have to give my little plug. If the listeners out there, we always like to get a very positive review and more subscribers, so tell your friends about us. And you can always ask us questions at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook or hit us up on the website at No Breaking, which is www.nobreaking.com. N-O-B-R-A-K-I-N-G. And thanks again, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.